from Isaiah, and the theme is Everlasting Father. Uh, I'd just like to read that scripture for us again. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Everyone has a father of all kinds. Some of us probably have very good memories of our father. Some of us, some of you here probably still have fathers living. I don't. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah, all of us have fathers. Uh, unfortunately, in this day and age, there are lots of people who don't even know who their father is. And that's sad. But I have very good memories of my father. And I'm very grateful for the kind of father that I had because he was a godly man. And he taught us how to live a godly life and that we, <laughs> that we needed to put our faith in Jesus Christ. And I was able to do that when I was a young, man, young boy. And uh, he had a tremendous influence on my life. Uh, uh, when I was uh, still a preschool boy, I don't know, maybe four years old, maybe, yeah, maybe five, I think four maybe, one day my dad came in from outside. He was a farmer, not by choice, but by necessity. And he had a beard. And he came in and it was a really cold day, and he had icicles on his beard. And uh, our house and the farm didn't have central heating. It had a heater in the corner of the living room. And he went down to sit by the heater and warm himself up, and he took me on his lap, and he said to me, Peter, what are you going to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? And like many boys who admire their dad, I said, uh, I'll be a farmer. And my dad said, no, you should never be a farmer. You should be a doctor or a missionary. And that set the direction of my life. Uh, it was a joke around the school in Hepburn that this school kid in elementary school knew what he was going to be when he grew up. <laughs> and, yeah, and it came to pass that I was became a doctor and also a missionary. And so uh, fathers are such important uh, people in our lives. And that's why we have this, uh, this uh, title here of father. And uh, <coughs> you know, uh, this title was given to a child, not even a teenager or an adult or a middle-aged man, no. This title of everlasting father is given to a child. A son is born, a child is born, and his name shall be. And one of those is everlasting father. And there are two parts to this, of course, eternal and father. Father is the noun, and eternal is the adjective that describes the noun. And uh, 
What does it mean to be eternal? Of course, the first thing we think about is that someone who is eternal has always been, is now, and always will be. But you know, there's more, there's more to it than that. To be eternal uh, means to, be no, to not be limited in any way by time and space. Uh, it's not just a time thing. It's also a space thing. And uh, <coughs> in practical terms, this means that God is everywhere. He's not only uh, existed forever and will be forever, but he is also everywhere. And this means that we have access to the Father everywhere, at any time, any place. And that's really amazing and wonderful. Uh, when I was in practice here in Saskatoon in the 80s, I was sometimes have patients in St. Paul's at City Hospital and maybe university as well. And so there would be days when I would be driving from St. Paul's in the middle of the morning, making rounds in St. Paul's and going to City Hospital to see my patients there and maybe doing surgery. And as I drove across the city, I would pray for my patients, for the nurses and the anesthetists that I would be working with as I was doing surgery later on, driving in a car. You know, we tend to take this for granted, but it isn't. It's wonderful. It's amazing that driving across a city down 22nd Street, I could talk to God at any time about whatever it is that, that concerns me. And, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, time between uh, Christ's resurrection and his ascension into heaven, he demonstrates for us in a very practical way what it means to be eternal. Because he was no longer limited by time and space. And I would just like to read that, read that uh, passage for you. John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 19 to 29. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. You notice that? The doors were shut. I think they were locked because they didn't want anybody to get in. They were afraid. And Jesus appeared. He, didn't, he wasn't limited by doors, by walls. You know, and then, you know, Thomas wasn't there. And so it happens again. And uh, we go on to verse 24, and it says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in the, in, where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, here it says it very clearly, though the doors were locked, 
Jesus appeared and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. See, that's what we'll be like when we enter eternity. No longer limited by time and space. For us, there's a beginning. But for this, for the Father that's spoken of here, the everlasting Father, of course, there's no beginning. <clears throat> now, uh, so Jesus is the everlasting one, the eternal one the one who was and is and is to come, and he is also our father of all, the father of the triune God. In the Aramaic language, the word for father in the vernacular, which was spoken in Jesus' day, the word for father is Abba. And in English, in our language today, it would be like daddy. It's a very intimate affectionate term that you use to speak to your father when you really are in good terms with him. And so Jesus is not only the eternal father, he is our Abba. He is the one that uh, loves us and that wants to have an intimate relationship with us. A relationship in which uh, we can talk about everything. We can bear our hearts to him, and it will be okay. That's, you know, I don't know what your father was like, but uh, even with good earthly fathers, there are always things that we don't always want to tell them. But with Abba, Jesus, we can tell him anything, and he will listen and he will always understand. <clears throat> you know, the word father is, is very rarely used in the Old Testament to speak of God. It is, but not very often. But when you get into the New Testament, it's very often there. And many of those times, probably, if we were translating the New Testament into the Aramaic, it would be Abba, and not... In, you know, with a capital letter in quotation marks, Father. <clears throat> in John chapter 15, 14 to 17, we read, You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you servants because servants do not know their master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my Father I have made known to you. So Jesus calls us, he calls his disciples, friends. You know, uh, in a way, uh, friends are different from family, aren't they? We don't choose our family, but we choose our friends, and our friends choose us. And that puts a very different kind of an aspect onto that relationship. And it makes it, in some ways, even more intimate. <clears throat> he takes his friends into his confidence. He tells them his, their plan, his plans, his aspirations. At the same time, Jesus is also our father. 
uh, the one who loves and cares for us, providing all that we need from day to day. Because Jesus is the Son of God, we have access to the Father through him. Uh, you know, there's a, a story, if, if you've done uh, Alpha, you'll recognize this story. Uh, it's a story about a soldier during the Amer American Civil War who had been wounded and uh, was desperate because uh, he had been labeled as a deserter and because he couldn't join, rejoin his regiment. And so he tried to go and get to see the president, Abraham Lincoln. But, you know, an ordinary uh, private soldier is going to have a hard time to get in to see the president. But as he was walking up to the White House and trying to get to see the president, a little boy came along and he saw this soldier uh, with tears in his eyes because he was afraid that nothing would happen. And the little boy said to him, come with me. And he went and he took this guy by the hand and he walked in past all the other people and walked up to Abram Lincoln. His, and his Abram Lincoln said, uh, son, what do you want? Because he had that relationship with his father, he had access to the president of the United States nobody else would have had in that situation. And in the same way, we are that privileged people who have that kind of access to the Father. And so when we pray in the name of Jesus, we do it in the name of Jesus. And in Romans 8, 14 to 16, we read, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? That we can come to the Father, to Abba, to daddy with our prayers, with our concerns, and with our good things. When we rejoice, we can praise him and we can tell him how happy we are that good things are happening. <clears throat> but he is also the eternal father. He is the creator of all things. And so we also come to him when we worship in awe, and the Old Testament uses the word fear. It doesn't mean afraid. It means respect, to recognize how amazing it is that the creator of all things should want allow us to come to him with our responses and respects, but particularly when we worship him. And so, uh, Paul admonishes us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, where we read, Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. So Jesus, this child, 
born in a stable of Bethlehem, is the eternal Father. He is also our Abba. And through him, we cry out in love and adoration. And as we approach this Christmas time, let us rejoice in this fact that God himself came as a child, as the eternal Father, in whom we have found everything that we could possibly dream about and that we could possibly need. And may that thought and that reality go with us all during this season. In Jesus' name, amen.